Hello and welcome to week six of our special Circa Sports Contest podcast. Matt Brown and Brett Colson and Brett. I don't want to ha- I don't want to harp on it too long. We've had better weeks. Last week was the pits. Last, Last week, week was, was that was brutal. Yeah. <laughs> Last week was the pits. Last week was absolutely horrible. So we will just kind of put that behind us, move on here, and uh, hopefully we can rally from what was just a a, a pretty terrible uh, five picks by us. But hey, it is what it is. We're going to move on here. We have a week six slate where guess what? We did have. We did have a couple of um, we did have a couple of games where we are on the same side here, so that's good. It wasn't like last week where we were not of like mind of anything, which I think that is probably not very uh, that, that lets you know the week is probably pretty weird. Whenever we're not even agreeing on any of the games that we bring to the table here, we only have one where we're on opposite sides this week, and then we have a couple that I think will be pretty interesting to talk through here. Let's start with a couple of games that we are on. The same side here, and this actually also happens to be your must-make, which is the Steelers plus seven over the Chargers. Yeah, this Steelers defense is sneaky good, and I I like them plus seven against the Chargers this week. They are second in the league in rushing the passer, according to Pro Football Focus, sixth in overall defense. They get after the quarterback. They force hurries. They create turnover chances, and I don't know how the Chargers are going to contain this unit Chargers 23rd and pass blocking. They just lost their center, Mike Pouncey to the IR. Who knows who his backup is? This is just not the same Chargers team as the one that made the playoffs last year. I don't think the market has fully adjusted on them yet. There are holes everywhere in this defense. Derwin James is still not back. Melvin Ingram hasn't practiced all week. He's unlikely to play. This defense already ranks 25th overall right now. I think whoever the the Steelers roll out quarterback, we still don't know who it's going to be yet, but I think, they're going to be fine. They found ways to move the ball against the Bengals and the Ravens the last two weeks. I think they're going to be able to do enough here to cover the seven points pretty easily. There's just nothing impressive about this Chargers squad to make them a a touchdown favorite against a young team that appears to be improving every week. I really like Pittsburgh in this spot. Yeah, I mean, it looks to me, it would shock me if Mason Rudolph actually made it onto the field. I don't know about you. I mean, it will probably get the law firm of Devlin Hodges underneath <laughs> under center right there, which definitely that should be a guy. Have you been injured in an accident? Call Devlin Hodges. Like It's definitely certain, some, uh, something like that. But look, Steelers defense, seventh overall DVOA. Their defensive line ranks second in adjusted sack rate. They have the third most sacks in the league already. Kind of gone under the radar for the Steelers team. Probably not something, if I had not looked this up that I would have been really on top of if someone would have quizzed me on this and the Chargers offensive line has given up the most quarterback hits in the league so far this year and as you mentioned lost their center Mike Pouncey to the IR TJ Watt should go nuts in this game against this Chargers team and I got to be honest with you you look at this Chargers defense as well they're playing a bunch of second and third stringers everybody's hurt and it's not listen it's not their fault it just is what it is this team gets bitten by the injury bug more than any team in the NFL over the last few years and this year being no exception and the they gave up you know over 190 yards on the ground last week and this Steelers team is going to be able to roll out James Conner and I think have some some really good success on the ground and when they have to go to the air I mean look they still have Juju Smith-Schuster he hasn't really broken out so far this year he hasn't really shown out so far this year but that doesn't mean that he's not there and he is there and I think that uh, you know I gotta be, I don't know if you watch the the all 22 of this or whatever when uh, Devlin Hodges actually came in I rewatched this game back I'd never heard of him before I went and kind of looked up a little bit of what I could figure out about the guy but 
from what I saw when he actually came in, he he looked like he was fine with kind of pushing the ball down the field and and being a little aggressive and stuff. And, you know, listen, I, I'm I'm OK with that. I would much rather a young guy come in and play like that, especially against a defense like the Chargers right here that are running out a bunch of backups. than whenever we're then talking about these guys that are just game managers throwing all these dinks and dunks like, you know, behind the line of scrimmage and stuff. Yeah, I mean, the, the game plans they've had for Mason Rudolph the last two weeks, I think, were were good enough because they have been able to rely on this defense. And it's a defense that I I pegged as a, a really like sneaky top five, potentially top five unit coming into the year. So I have been following week after week. And after that week one where they just got destroyed by the Patriots, I was like, all right, well, you know, this is a bad read, obviously. But they are growing as a unit every single week. This is a very good defense. And they, offensively, the Steelers don't have to do much to not only cover, but I think this is a really good money line spot too. Also getting the full touchdown here is also something I'm feeling pretty good about as well. Now look, the there's a chance that they get Hunter Henry back and he's certainly a, a playmaker for this team, but they did come out and say that even if he does play, it would be on a snap count. So it's not like it's uh, one of those situations where he would 100% be out there, you know, the majority of the time on the field. And so, you know, for, for you and I, we follow, you know, these actual player performances a ton. And, you know, we know that Hunter Henry, when he's actually on the field is a difference maker, but he's only going to be on a limited pitch count out there. And imagine probably he only plays in kind of red zone situations and stuff. So I don't really think that upgrades this chargers team too much in, um, how the way that I'm looking at this game. And then also, listen, it's always nice to get an extra half a point. And this game is currently sitting six and a half at most places right now, as opposed to seven. And we're getting the full seven in the contest here. The number is why this is my number one play of the uh, in, in Circa. It's not my number one play in another contest I'm in because it was only six and a half. But yeah, the number, the, the, you know, the seven is it's lovely. Gotta love it. The other one that we are both on the same side of here is the Seahawks and that is Seahawks minus a point and a half. Now I don't like not getting the best of this because uh, if you guys listened to the podcast earlier in the week, I actually have a couple of teaser legs at Seahawks plus two and a half. So I was able to tease them up to eight and a half uh, before that game on Monday night with the Browns. And so uh, that, that game went off the board momentarily came back on huge four point swing here, but you know, Brett, at the end of the day, the only reason I don't like getting the best number is because of the teaser spot. But I mean, when you look at what we're moving through here, we're moving through one, zero and one. And, and these are fairly insignificant numbers here. So it wasn't like the move from, you know, the plus two and a half to the one and a half is us moving through a three or a seven or something like that. Yeah, look, unless you were able unless you had the foresight of a Matt Brown who was able to get down on this so early just just throw away just just toss the opening line on this this is where the line should be um and i I still like the seahawks yeah so um denzel ward and greedy williams are both still questionable for the browns here but i'm not this kind of burned me last week because i was you know trying to figure out what i expected coaches to do and that was why i was you know backing the chiefs against the the colts because i just assumed that whenever the Colts took a look and said, hey, we have two of our very key players that are hurt here and we have a bye week next week. So let's go ahead and take advantage of that. Well, 
So let's look at this here. That being said, those were only kind of one-week injuries with those guys. These are long-term nagging injuries with Ward and Greedy Williams that have been going on for several weeks now. The Browns are on bye next week. And, Brett, I mean, they held him out last week. Uh, they held him out the week before that. Then now here you come into, into this game here where you – you understand that you're going to really need to do some some winning here in the latter half of the season if you even have a remote chance of making the playoffs. Having that bye week come up next week, I don't know. If I'm coach or GM here, whoever ends up making this decision, to me, I'm probably, if these guys are, if they're not really close to 100%, then I'm holding both of these guys out because I get the bye next week. And then at that point, they will have had a month to mend. And they're both going to be very, very important parts of this defense as they head down the stretch. You don't think there's a huge sense of urgency right now, though? I mean, this is kind of a this is a big game for them at home. You, you, you know, Freddie Kitchens is going to just throw this game away. So if, they, if they're able to play, they're going to be in the lineup. But I, I'm with you. I mean, just rest these guys because they're in. Well, just, this is probably the worst division in football, right? They could they could, you know, go six and two in the second half of the season, and probably make the playoffs. Why not just rest your guys during the bye week and come back healthy? 49ers have a top five uh, pass rush grade, according to PFF. Seahawks are down at 22nd, which I certainly don't love because one of the things we've seen is when you put Baker Mayfield under pressure, he just collapses. He is one of the absolute worst in the league right now when it comes to uh, passing under pressure. That being said, you know, they're not doing him any favors either, Brett, with the way that they're running the personnel, with the way that they're doing the play calling. And I just don't have... I just don't have any any confidence whatsoever that this Browns coaching staff is going to be able to change in a week here, change their stripes really at all. And, you know, I've I questioned Pete Carroll on times for being too conservative. But if you're if you're asking me who is the better coaching staff in this game, I'm giving the edge to the Seahawks 11 times out of 10. Yeah, of course. And look, the blueprint, the blueprint's drawn up for defeating this Browns team. You get after Baker Mayfield, you force him out of his comfort zone, which is a clean pocket where he lived at Oklahoma. I don't know. Maybe we, maybe we needed to see this guy play a real defense before we, you know, he was being crowned as the next Drew Brees. He's been really bad this year. There does not seem to be any chemistry or trust between him and his offensive line. He breaks the pocket way too early and he's awful on the run. And now you've got Seattle coming in. They've had extra time to prepare for this game and Cleveland on a short week. Everything points to Seattle here. I like the I like this again. You know, basically, this is just a a win, right? I mean, this is almost a money line bet here. It, very, very, very unlikely for this thing to fall on one. So uh, we're basically just betting the Seahawks to win this game. And I think that even though they are heading on the road here, I do think that this is you know. And what we're going to hear, you're going to hear this narrative if you're listening to this podcast. You're going to hear, oh, it's a West Coast team heading to the East Coast. Yada yada. What we've seen in recent years, uh, Brett is. Look, back in the day before we had all this science with how to recover your body and how to treat your body and, and when was the when's the optimal time to fly over and when's all these things like that. Like we have these guys are literally putting the very, very best situations to succeed each and every single week. Now, you know, a decade ago, even maybe even fi- maybe even five years ago before we got really, really heavy into all of the science and analytics and everything that goes on with these guys and their training regimens and, and eating routines and all of that. Sure. The, the East coast, the West coast to East coast thing was definitely, you know, something to, to monitor, but in recent years, we've seen it's played very little effect here and certainly hasn't played as near as much of effect earlier on in the season as it has later in the season. When again, 
even with all modern technology and science and, and training methods and recovery methods, your body just over the course of an NFL season just gets beat to hell. But, you know, we're still fairly early in the season here. So I don't I honestly when I looked at this game, it didn't even I didn't even take that into consideration. Yeah, I mean, there's just so much money at stake here now. All precautions are taken. And again, they've had an extra three days to prepare here. So rest, I'm not all that concerned about, especially, you know, traveling across the country. So I I didn't even factor that in. Let's talk about the game that we're on the opposite side of that will get wiped off of the card here. That is Vikings and Eagles. You liked Vikings minus three. I liked Eagles plus three in this one. Uh, pretty interesting to see you backing the Vikings because this has been a team that you have been uh, very much trying to avoid uh, a lot of times here. I'm the guy that has actually been on the Vikings in certain situations and uh, glad I talked you off of that donkey play last week, but it doesn't matter because we just put more donkey plays on our card. So it doesn't really doesn't really matter. All we did was replace one donkey play with another donkey play. But um, Vikings right tackle Josh Klein is out. In this game, the Eagles only allowing 2.9 adjusted line yards per rush. That is the absolute best in the league. And what do we know about this Vikings team and Mike Zimmer? They want to run the ball. They are a team hashtag established the run. They ran off people off the coaching staff because they weren't running the ball enough to his liking. And this is a... A really good situation here for this Eagles front four and this Eagles front seven all together against this Vikings team. Now, listen, one of the things we have seen is uh, we have we have at least seen the Vikings feast a little bit on whenever these uh, whenever they play these teams that have weak secondaries here. But we normally have seen this happen against the, the two times this happened so far this year, Brett has been against teams that are just bad at everything. And they were able to get Dalvin cook. Basically the pass game was, was still being used as a compliment to Dalvin cook. It wasn't used as an alternative to Dalvin cook. And I think Dalvin cook gets bottled up in this game. I think they are forced to go to the air. And then when they're forced to go to the air, That is when I really think things could go very badly for Kirk Cousins. And the other thing about this, while the coverage is not all that great for the Eagles, they are the fourth best rated pass rush in all of football, uh, according to Pro Football Focus as well. And whenever we've seen whenever Kirk Cousins doesn't have a lot of time and he feels uncomfortable in that pocket, he makes poor decisions. He does terrible things with the ball. He looks like he is not an NFL caliber quarterback here. So. All things to me pointed this pointed to this being kind of an Eagles, especially in a taking money situation here. But uh, interested to see why you were leaning towards the Vikings side. Uh, well, this is a game theory contest play. Less about the number and the matchup. I really wish we could have got mini minus two and a half. I'll definitely be playing that in the DraftKings Super Bowl Super Bowl this week. But I do see Philly being one of the more popular plays in this circuit contest. And I like this as a leverage spot with a team that does play really well at home. This is, I mean, I have faded the Vikings the last two weeks. I do like them when they're at home though. Um, Cousins against this Eagles secondary is exciting, but like you said, we have to hope he gets enough protection here to make throws against this pass rush. That is definitely a concern with this Vikes offensive line, but Thielen and Diggs very good at creating separation off the line. I don't think Minnesota is going to have trouble scoring here. Um, I like this spot, but 
I haven't been great with the Vikings so far this year, so <laughs> I don't mind tossing this one. Yeah, um, it's interesting you think this will be a popular play. That would actually be the guys in the contest going against where the money is coming here. Uh, it is minus three at FanDuel right now, but it's juiced 120. It has already moved to three and a half Vikings at, at DraftKings right now. So it, at least at the very least, it looks like the, the money is coming in and, and the backing is coming in on the Vikings. So I uh, don't know if the contest actually is going to lean towards the, the Eagles or not here. I typically look at bets placed for the contest. That's yeah, that's that's the the metric I look at when I'm trying to figure out what's going to be popular. So bets placed, I, I would I mean, it's pretty clear the Eagles are getting the most bets on this game. Yeah, I um I've. So, so I've actually gone the opposite way because I guess if you're I guess I maybe you're overanalyzing this, but I guess I think if you're if you're ponying up a thousand dollars to enter a handicapping contest and if you live elsewhere, you're so you're putting up another three hundred to, to buy a proxy and and whatnot. I don't know. I guess like I guess the the total number of bets to me, I feel like you would probably fall more in the category of handle as opposed to number of bets. But Maybe I'm wrong. I mean, there's certainly a lot of casual people that play these things, but I would I would assume that it is higher, higher populated by people who are at least somewhat know what they're doing. But maybe definitely maybe that's a wrong assumption. Well, it's definitely more predictive in the Westgate. There are a lot more casuals in the Westgate contest. So I think you're right. As far as that goes with Circa, I think is less predictive there. Uh, the DraftKings Super Pool, the, the Eagles will be extremely popular this week. And that's quite, that's kind of why I like the Vikings there. But um, Right. Yeah, we'll see. I, I really think the, the Eagles, I think, are going to be a top three play. All right, we'll get to my must-make. So that'll put us with three uh, plays on our card here. And that is the Rams minus three and a half against this 49ers team. And one, I think this is going to be a pretty interesting spot where I think we might be a little contrarian in this as well. After seeing the Rams, you know, the last memory that people have is the Rams losing and the 49ers absolutely destroying. But it's another one of those long week, short week situations, right? So the Rams had a, have a long week coming off of the Thursday night game and the 49ers have a short week coming off of the Monday night game. So ex, not only extra days to rest up for this Rams team, but extra days to prepare for this 49ers team. Todd Gurley is doubtful, but you and I were talking a little bit before we went on air here that, I mean, when you compare what Todd Gurley's really meant to this team and then you see whenever Malcolm Brown plays and, and gets reps for this team, I am certainly not going to say, and I'm not, you know, I'm not that guy that's going to, you know, crank this to level 11 and be a girly hater or whatever. I'm not going to say that they are exactly equal or anything like that. But what I will say is it is certainly not a precipitous drop off between Todd Gurley and Malcolm Brown. I haven't noticed any difference when they're when they're on the field. We, we see it. We see a difference in the stats because Gurley's getting touchdown opportunity, but he has not looked good. They're the same player. And if you like these grading stats, if you like, if you follow those out there and you hear us mention these on this podcast a lot of times, Malcolm Brown is actually rated at running back literally like right behind Todd Gurley. So, I mean, like as far as people who are kind of watching these things with their eyes and then grading every play when these guys are actually in there, Malcolm Brown is actually right there neck and neck with Todd Gurley as far as rating so far this year. The other thing that really pushed me to the Rams in this one, Brett, is the 49ers are going to be down two starting offensive linemen, Joe Staley and Mike McGlinchey. And then you have to also add in Cal Juszczyk, who, by the way, yeah, fullbacks are basically phased out in the NFL at this point, And the 49ers were using him 
so incredibly much. They love to run the ball. They run the ball more than any team in the NFL. Now you take out two offensive linemen and the fullback, which they have been using exclusively in this in these run uh, in these run formations that they have going on here. I think this is now a big big advantage to an Aaron Donald and a Dante Fowler that they are going to be going up against backups and not having to deal with a player the caliber of, uh, caliber of Kyle Juszczyk when it comes to uh, you know opening up these holes and springing these guys for a little bit longer in all that and so at that point I feel like you know we're going to have to see a situation where Jimmy G is going to actually actually have to make plays here he's going to actually have to do something with his arm which is something he has not had to do all season long this year they have just had their way really on the ground and you know that is that is much to do with the fact that they had a Joe Staley and Mike McGlinchey and a Kyle Juszczyk and with with those three guys out of there for me that is a huge 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 red flag on this 49ers team and one of the biggest reasons that uh, kind of pushed me over to the Rams as well I was leaning Rams anyway but this was certainly something that kind of helped me solidify this pick yeah, the zone running scheme is one of the reasons why the Niners have been so successful on offense this year, and they will be without those three components that you just talked about. This is a great play. I, I get it. I-, I totally get it. Everything points to Rams here. Extended week versus a short week for the 49ers. A great bounce back spot at home while their stock is low, and the stock could not be higher on the Niners right now. So I do like the Rams. The matchup on the offensive line is what terrifies me, though. This this Rams offensive line is bad and the Niners are a top five they might be the best pass rush in the NFL that's really the only pause I have because we've seen what happens when golf is under pressure uh, but I, I agree this 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 is the week you have to hop right back on LA and uh, it's a good spot yeah even with golf under pressure right I mean yeah I, I, I do expect him to make a mistake or, or two in this game but one of the things we've seen in these other games where he's been under pressure and they've kind of gotten done like you know let's 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 look back to the Let's look back to the Bucks game, right? I mean, that Bucks offense is explosive. I mean, you have you have big armed Jameis Winston and Mike Evans and 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 Godwin out there. I mean, this is a this is an explosive offense that can that can actually take advantage of these things. Like I, I, I and maybe they'll prove me wrong this week. The 49ers have done really well in proving me wrong so far this season, but I don't feel this pass game is anywhere near. Uh, the type of of level that it would take to to really kind of keep up with this Rams offense, even if there are a, even if there is a turnover or two, if you have to do it on the arm of Jimmy Garoppolo. So, um, you know, and, and this wide receiver core, Brad, I mean, it's one of those things where it's a bunch of fine players like they're they're fine. Like each one of them in their own right is a fine NFL player, but none of these guys are, if you, if I asked you to sit here and start rattling off the best wide receivers in the NFL, I imagine you're not going to name one of these guys until you get to 40 or 50 or something like that, you know? Yeah. So I just don't see. They do have, they do have George Kittle, who is they the do. best tight end in football. They That's do. awesome. They do, have, they do have Kittle. They do have the Kittle. Their wide receivers are bad, man. Yeah. <laughs> Dante Pettis and Debo Samuel have been really bad so far this year. Yeah. I mean, it's, to me, it's just, uh, you know, golf's, in, 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 like you said, if they can actually somehow scheme a way to keep Goff clean, I mean, his clean pocket rating is is better than Jimmy G's. He's actually, we've seen Goff, if he has time to throw, I mean, like, you know, obviously all those weapons, I mean, it's going to be, it, it'll be, it'll be, I'm not going to say easy for them, but I mean, listen, if he has time to throw, he's got just a plethora of people to throw to there, and this offense runs like a top, but, uh, you know, it's going to be, uh, pretty interesting here, but I think this is just a good spot. Long week, short week, you know, 49ers down three of their real key components to the thing that they 
want to do the most, which is run the ball. And so uh, like me some Rams here. We'll put that on the card. So now we got to fill out these last two here. I'd like to uh, jump over to one of your plays here. This is the one. This is one that I have had the absolute most trouble trying to handicap this week. So the fact that it made your card, I certainly want to hear why that is. And you go Texans with the plus four on the road at the Chiefs. Chiefs sitting at minus four right now. Yeah, I've got the Texans because this line looks wrong to me. I think the Texans are better than what the Chiefs are putting on the field this week. A hobbled Patrick Mahomes running for his life behind this offensive line that now looks to be without its starting left tackle and left guard this week. And who is who is Mahomes throwing the ball to? This offense was a horror show last week with Demarcus Robinson and Byron Pringle running meaningful routes. It, it you know this allows teams to focus on Travis Kelsey, take him away as a reliable or a reliable option in the passing game even with Mahomes doing the things that he does and he is tremendous. I'm not afraid of this offense right now if I'm the Houston Texans. And then on the other side of the ball, the Chiefs will be without their best player on defense, Chris Jones, who left Sunday night game uh, with a groin injury. This team just it's lacking good football players. And Houston has a lot of good football players uh, starting at quarterback with Deshaun Watson and his buffet of weapons. I mean, (laughs) apparently Will Fuller is back. You you don't know what to expect of him from from week to week, but you add Fuller to DeAndre Hopkins, and I don't know how the Chiefs are going to stop this passing game. And yeah. Houston, Houston also great at getting to the quarterback, and and they're going to be facing those those backups on the Chiefs' offensive line. So I don't know. I, I I don't think people are taking into account just how banged up this Kansas City team is right now. Pretty. Um, this is the reason why I've had so much trouble here is because you know right before we get on right before we get on this podcast report comes through that there's a good chance Tyreek Hill is going to play for the Chiefs this week. Now, Sammy Watkins is going to be out again, but getting Tyreek Hill back is, I, in my opinion, a game changer for this Chiefs team because what we saw, what we've seen in the short time that they've been on the field together is when Tyreek Hill is out there, Patrick Mahomes averages over three touchdown passes a game. When Tyreek Hill is not out there, he averages under two touchdown passes per game. And that makes perfect sense because Tyreek Hill is the dude that gets behind defenses a couple of times a game. And as long as they can connect on that, you're all, you're getting these long bomb touchdowns. And Now we have to kind of play speculative here because we do this on Friday afternoons. Of course, we don't have to submit the picks fully until Saturday afternoons. And there's more chance for injury news to pop out here as to whether Tyreek Hill is going to go or not. You were talking about, you know, playmakers and how do they get this done? Does it change? Does it change the way you view this game at all? If Tyreek Hill is out there for the Chiefs? Not really, because I don't know what his role is going to be. Tyreek Hill is not a great wide receiver. This is a guy who relies relies on his speed and quickness to make plays. And I don't we haven't seen what he looks like yet. Like, is he fully back from this injury? I doubt it. So I'm not really factoring that into my capping here. I don't think it makes that huge a difference. Yeah, I guess I just look the Texans in the bottom third of the league in coverage grades in pass coverage, according, you know, not only PFF, but DVOA as well. And, uh, you know, it's it's one of those things where I look at this and say, is if Tyreek Hill comes back, if he's good enough to play, I mean, if he's if he's healthy enough to play in this game, then they think that he's good to go. I mean, they, they flirted with playing him the last couple of weeks and he hasn't gotten out there. So if they're going to go ahead and roll the dice with him being on the field and they feel that he's he's healthy 
And so that's the scary thing to me is, you know, I think he's probably worth a touchdown in this game against this Houston secondary. So that's that's kind of like I already put seven points on the board there for the Chiefs as it is. Um, and then the really the way that you go after this Chiefs team is on the ground, right? I mean, and so the we 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 definitely know that the rush offense for this uh for this Texans team, I mean, listen, if we really kind of want to if we kind of want to go at it, it doesn't really blow your skirt up, right? I mean, that's kind of the only that's kind of the only thing for me. I was leaning all week towards the uh 100% towards the Texans in this. I just you know, smart on circa to put this number at four because they knew between sometime between now and when this goes, you know, when this, when the games actually kick off that, you know, there's an outside chance that the chiefs could have ruled out Patrick Mahomes should that ankle, you know, retweaked it in practice or something that Tyreek Hill doesn't play. They assumed probably that Sammy Watkins was not going to play, which actually is the case. He's going to be out as well uh, still getting more than a field goal with this Texans team I will go ahead and I will I will submit to that my friend I am okay with it. like I said I was leaning wow. I, I was leaning I this like way it. I was leaning this way anyway especially I mean look this thing opened it this thing opened at seven and a half at some shops right I mean if you could have gotten seven and a half you'd be feeling like a million bucks right now holding that ticket like that would have just been that would have just been amazing um, but what we did see from the the Chiefs which is something that I think is some that that we can't really just overlook here that we have to understand is Patrick Mahomes. The thing that makes Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes, the stuff that makes our jaws drop, the, the, the plays that he makes that literally no other quarterback in the NFL can make really and truly relies on his athleticism. And if that ankle, I know he says it's fine, but what's he going to say, Brett? Is he going to walk up to that podium and say like, yeah, I think probably on Sunday, this ankle is probably going to be at about 70%. He's not going to say that. Yeah, and they're gonna go. They're gonna go after him hard against this offensive line that that can't protect him. So there's a high chance of re-injury here too. So let's take a look at my other play here before we get to your last one. I have Jags minus a point and a half here at home against the Saints. All of a sudden, Alvin Kamara now very questionable for this game. He pops up on the injury report on Thursday, which is never good. And then a did not. And then a DNP did not practice on Friday. And when you're trending in the opposite direction of how you're supposed to be trending throughout the week, that is always a very, very bad sign. Now you can also go ahead. And this was not the case when these lines popped out too. Brett was that it looks like Jalen Ramsey's going to play. Um, uh, if everything, I guess is trending towards Jalen Ramsey playing in this game. And if that's the case, then you put Jalen Ramsey on Michael Thomas. And now what does this Saints team become through the air? You got to get. You're going to beat him. With, you're going to beat this team with Ted Ginn. You know, with with Traquan Smith. Is that what we're going to do here? And if if for whatever reason Alvin Kamara does sit out this game, and listen, if he was if he pops up on the report on Thursday and doesn't practice on Friday, even if he gives it a go, he is definitely not a hundred percent. Like he is definitely going to be, you know, trying to gut it out, whatever it is. But like you're talking about re-injury factor has to be super high for someone like Camara who had to sit out all of Friday's practice for whatever reason that's going on here. Saints defensive line does rank sixth in adjusted sack rates. I mean, sack rate, they've got 16 sacks on the year. Cam Jordan, Marcus Davenport have been really, really good for this Saints team. They're you know in the top 10 for quarterback hurries. They're in the top eight for pressures. So uh, there, there's likely a chance that they get after Gardner Minshew enough here to kind of create some disruption. But 
it's not a very big spread, right? We're talking a point and a half. So we only need a field goal here for this Jaguars team to prevail, to cover for us. And you give me no Camara, you give me Jalen Ramsey shadowing Michael Thomas and now Teddy Bridgewater on the road, outdoors, outside of a dome, where, by the way, if you guys remember, he's played, basically played in a dome his whole career. He, when he was in Minnesota, that was a dome situation as well. Then he goes to the Saints, dome situation there too. So outdoors, on the grass, less fast track here for a Ted Ginn to you know do one of those crazy Ted Ginn things where he catches a 70-yard touchdown bomb or whatever. And you got to try to get by here with uh, Latavius Murray I just uh you know pretty pretty big uh pretty big coming come down to earth spot here for the Saints in my opinion yeah I'm with you Teddy getting all the love now that they're they're actually throwing the ball downfield again they're getting win after win but now they go to Jacksonville one of the few teams that can penetrate this offensive line make Teddy miserable plus like you said they're getting Jalen Ramsey back this week that's just icing on the cake uh, that's a huge addition, obviously, with Michael Thomas lining up on the other side for New, uh, New Orleans. I just see this as a good sell opportunity for uh, for uh, or on New Orleans. So I like the Jags here as well. Look at this. We were able to fill out a card without even some bickering. I mean, we did have one. We did have one against each other. <laughs> but, hey, I think we both made good cases for the Vikings and Eagles. This will certainly be a fun one to track here as we yeah. continue to monitor uh, when we're on opposite sides here. We didn't we weren't on opposite sides last week. So here in week six will be the uh, next one. It will be Matt on the um, Matt on the Eagles and then uh, and then Brett on the Vikings and we'll see here this is your chance to even things up this week which will let us know that hey neither one of us know anything you know we're both when we're on opposite sides we'll be four and four should you uh should the Vikings cover for you here in this one but uh look I like these picks a lot and just to you know full transparency here I like a lot of these picks enough to where I'm going to put real actual money on these and so this isn't just one of those ah it'll be a tournament pick type thing uh you know I'm going to put some real cash on some of these picks uh that, that we have going in this game as well certainly on the Rams certainly on the Jags I already have money on the Seahawks as it is anyway so um I'm I'm pre- feeling pretty good when it's enough when I have enough confidence that I'm going to go ahead and, and invest my own cash in these things, then that, that makes me feel pretty good about the picks for the week. All right, so we got Rams, Jags, Steelers, Seahawks, and Texans. Is that right? Yeah, Steelers plus seven, Seahawks minus a point and a half, Rams minus three and a half, Texans plus four, and then Jags a point and a half. Love it. It's a great card. I like it a lot as well. Just real quick, let's run through. Uh, you had Jets plus seven here. Um, I don't hate that one either. I'm just a little bit more on. I, I'm just a little bit more inclined with the the Jags at home here with this situation with the Saints, especially now that this Camara news came through our, our Twitter machine literally, you know, half an hour before we are about to tape this thing here. But Cowboys look to be without two of their main offensive linemen, and it's, it's kind of the same thing we're talking about with some of these other games whenever. We're trying to handicap these deals that you know these offensive linemen don't get all the love and you don't get to put them on your fantasy team and you don't get to you know you don't see their faces all that much because they're not the guys doing the interviews at the end of the game but Brett I mean you can't especially a team like the Cowboys that is built on having these stud horse offensive linemen to not only create holes for Zeke but to give Dak Prescott time to throw because he he like some of these other quarterbacks is actually really good when he has time to throw out of the pocket and anytime you give give him any sort of distress he just falls off of a cliff as far as efficiency goes so um, yeah Cowboys uh, minus seven in that one on the road at the Jets and you had Jets plus seven 
Yeah, look, I am not team Dak. I don't think Dak Prescott's good at football. I think he's been lifted up by this exceptional offensive line for years, and we saw evidence of that last week. Tyron Smith didn't play. Lyle Collins left the game with an injury, and Dak melted uh, until the game was already over, and then the Packers just sat back and prevent and let Prescott pick apart that defense. But if if Smith and Collins are out this week and it looks that way, how can you make this team a touchdown favorite on the road? They both have such a huge impact on the efficiency of this offense and and the Jets are getting healthier. They get Sam Darnold back. Quinnen Williams appears to be back. These are these are two teams passing each other in and out of the infirmary right now. So I like I like the Jets quite a bit. Yeah, really wish I would have been. I probably would have been all in here on the Jets on this if the um, if Chris Herndon had not gone out there and hurt himself running routes on the side of the field. Uh, that's unfortunate. Hamstring injury it might miss a couple of weeks here for the Jets. I mean, that giving the giving Sam Darnold that one extra weapon, especially the big body for the for the red zone would have really, really uh, been super beneficial here for this Jets team here. But, you know, typical Jets, right? I mean, the guy like gets back off suspension and then hurts himself running routes on the side of the field. Do they even have a tight end on the roster? I don't, I, <laughs> I I, who are they throwing the ball to over the middle of the field now? A guy that I've been stashing to, and y'all don't care about my fantasy team, but a guy that I've been stashing in fantasy as well, patiently waiting for this guy to finally be able to get back on the field, and this happens. So, yeah, super, super. Oh, Ryan Griffin. Oh, boy. <laughs> Ryan Griffin. Uh, if there was one, what's, what's the one game before we get out of here that barely missed your card? If somebody like, if there's something that didn't, ma- if there's something that made our card that these, our listeners don't agree with, what was the one game here that barely kind of missed, missed making it for you? Good question. It was, well, I had the Rams up pretty high. Uh, I loved the number there, especially. Uh, so that was there. And the other one. I'm not sure there was another one. I'll tell you uh, mine. Where, 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 mine, yeah, was, mine was the Falcons at under a field goal at, at the Cardinals here. I mean, I, this seems like the ultimate kind of buy low spot for this Falcons team who has looked absolutely atrocious. I mean, don't get me wrong. If we were if this was a contest where we were allowed to play totals, then, yeah, I mean, I'm just taking the over in that game all day long. I don't I was sitting at like 50 and a half or something like that. There, there's going to be points in this game. They're going to be able to move the ball on each other. But I just, you know, look. This young, this young Cardinals team, we've seen them fight, Brett, but we've seen them continually kind of come up short. They haven't, they really just haven't been able to get over the hump against any of these real football teams. And so as bad as both of these defenses are, the offensive side of the ball is certainly better for the Falcons. I mean, you're still looking at a Cardinals team here that has Christian Kirk that's questionable and now David Johnson being listed as questionable as well for the Cardinals. So, I mean, at under a field goal, the Falcons was kind of the one that barely didn't, didn't make my card here. Yeah, I get it. I didn't have a strong lean on this game, but uh, I have no problem fading Kingsbury at all. Right. I mean, seriously, the way that this has gone, I mean, pretty crazy stuff. Um, uh, Just to wrap this up guys, injury news, everyone's going to be monitoring Todd Gurley, doubtful David Johnson, questionable Alvin Kamara. I would say more than questionable, probably very questionable here. Tyreek Hill, 
uh, is questionable. Sammy Watkins is on the bad side of questionable, which, you know, in the old days would have been doubtful, I guess, or whatever. Um, Christian Kirk, as we just as I just mentioned, Kenny Stills questionable for the Texans in that game. Mark Andrews questionable for the Ravens. He's been a pretty big part of this passing game for Lamar Jackson. Uh, he is expected to play. He seems like he's listed as questionable every single week on the practice report there. But uh, also Hollywood Brown questionable for the Ravens as well, which, you know, Brett, this was it, I, we talk about games that just didn't make the card here. Ravens minus 11 seems like people don't want wouldn't want to lay that number. Seems like a pretty good game theory play for this Ravens team. But with Andrew, the outside chance of Andrews not playing and the likely chance of Hollywood Brown not playing, just something I wasn't willing to pull the trigger on. Yeah. Not only that, they lost their best player on defense there in, in Tony Jefferson. Uh, I don't know how they like. How does the secondary stop anybody now? They don't have Jimmy Smith. They don't have Tony Jefferson. Like Earl Thomas looks old. Uh, so this is a game where Andy Dalton could just like pick them apart in the fourth quarter and you got a backdoor cover. Right, and that's exactly how I kind of like looked. Yeah. I was like, how terrible would it be to sit there and hold this Ravens ticket and basically they get up by twenty points and then you watch as the fourth quarter and then you know Dalton puts across two two garbage scores and then you're just you're hating yourself that you took it. Yeah, that's the script I drew up for this game. I love Lamar and Mark Ingram this week. I think they're both going to put up huge numbers, but I kind of like Andy Dalton too because uh, <laughs> the Ravens aren't going to even try to stop them in the fourth quarter. Absolutely. Guys, we really appreciate you listening here. Hopefully you gain some insight into some of these games. And again, as always, head over to playpicks.com, head over to lines.com, and you can find all of the picks for the week and things that are broken down as well, doing videos for the island games as well. Might even start adding in some other videos along the way. Brett's getting upgraded over there on all his equipment. You probably noticed how silky smooth he sounds on his new microphone and mixer setup. We're going to have a nice little camera and tripod setup going on pretty soon. So hopefully we can talk even some more football uh, on our on our YouTube channels over there as well. So looking forward to this week here again, Steelers plus seven Seahawks minus a point and a half Rams minus three and a half Texans plus four and the Jags at home minus 1.5. For Brett, I'm Matt. We'll talk to you guys next week.